You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com and monumental day at University of Washington with the hire of the head coach at Fresno State University, Kalen DeBoer. And there will be a press conference on Tuesday morning at 1130 up at uh, University of Washington. But a lot of questions. Who is this guy? What kind of staff did he have? Who's going to bring with him? What kind of offense does he run? What kind of defense does he run? A lot of questions, so nobody better to answer those questions with us than the co-founder of the uh, Jake Hainer fan club down there at Fresno State, Jackson Moore. From the Bark Board, how are you, Jackson? I'm doing well, Kim. How about yourself? I'm doing good. How's the Jake Hainer fan club going along? Is he going to be back next year? Uh, well, we'll have to see if he's uh, satisfied with how the, the coaching direction goes, but um it was looking like earlier in the year he might uh, have a, a special season and it was still a pretty good season, but um, maybe not quite good enough to, to depart for next season. Give us an idea. We don't know who uh, Kalen DeBoer is, except what we see on paper. Uh, tell us a little bit about his personality, what he's like to deal with and just overall impressions of the man himself. Yeah, I think that's maybe what's most impressive of him overall is just, uh, the guy he is. I mean, um, he was coordinator here at Fresno State for two years before being the, the head coach, of course, and a, a year off in between. And at Fresno State, I get usually get a lot more one-on-one time with the coordinators and the head coach, the way it works out. And it was just a really nice to, to deal with and talk with. And just a really family-oriented guy. Um, you know, really one of the, the true good guys in college football. You just know he's very genuine. And that's almost what made this move kind of a shock to Fresno State. It did sound like he intended to stay here a little bit longer. And um, the, the way that most people in this community know him to be for four out of the last five years, you really take him for his word. So that was a little bit surprising and really the only bad word I think anyone in Fresno will have to say about the guy, uh, about the, the, the exit, of course. But overall, I mean, just a really good guy. I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone will have a complaint about the man who Kalen DeBoer is in Seattle. Tell us about him running the Fresno State program. What kind of a coach was he? Uh, he knows what he's doing. I mean, there was no doubt that uh, he was ready to be a head coach, that he's done it for quite some time, even if it was at a lower level. He is, um, you know, it ran very similar to how Jeff Tedford ran the program, a little bit different. I mean, he's a little, uh, <laughs> a little more friendly maybe with the, the media and a little more willing to, to do some of that stuff, the, to be the figure of the, in the face and the voice of the program and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as behind the scenes go and practices go, it, it ran just as smooth as it did under uh, a veteran head coach and uh, Jeff Tedford. And uh, he tweaked a few things, but for the most part, uh, the groundwork that him and uh, Tedford laid a few years back, we're, we're still there. And operated without a, a hitch and that's one of the main reasons they hired him they wanted that continuity and he definitely brought it was it uh his offense that they ran this year or uh does he let the offensive coordinator take those reins i would say it's tough to really tell i think it's a bit of a hybrid um 
I think he probably had more control than he'd be willing to say on the record. Um, but uh, looking at 2017 and 18, when he was here the first time, it did seem like those offenses were uh, a little more maybe balanced and well-rounded. Um, the offense this past two years, uh, whether it's personnel or whether it was off his offensive coordinator, tweaking things a little bit, but it was a lot more pass happy. Uh, the Bulldogs were armed with Jake Hayner and a, just a crazy wealth of talent at receiver for a Mountain West school. So they definitely aired it out. Um, they had some setbacks and reined it in a little bit, but yeah, it looked like a different offense than when he was here the first time, but not by a large degree. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that at Washington and who his coordinator will eventually be. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at what he's done the last couple of years at Fresno State, what could Washington fans expect offensively for him to uh, run up here? Yeah, one of the biggest staples was his use of the tight end. Um, the first two years he was here as coordinator, uh, the second year, uh, their tight end, uh, Jared Rice, he set all the tight end records at Fresno State uh, receiving wise. And they didn't quite have one of those guys to go to these past two seasons. And again, the receivers changed some things. But you look at that one year at Indiana, I believe uh, it was very similar to how he ran it at Fresno State. Uh, one go-to receiver and then your tight ends, basically your number two guy. Uh, offense was a bit different the past two years at Fresno State than what we were used to seeing from him. But you're going to see a multiple offense. There's typically going to be three receivers on the field, the one running back, one tight end. Uh, he will recruit, he'll look for about eight scholarship tight ends to have at his disposal if he can and have a lot of two tight end sets to work with as well. A really good balance of um, you know, power smash mouth running along with some spread it out passing concepts and uh, with the, you know, he'll play to his strengths, but the goal is to be very multiple, very balanced and always keeping the defense on their toes, which uh, for the most part worked very well here. You know, his offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, when, you know, looking at the Washington job, I know one of the priorities was to hire a coach who could develop Sam Heward, the five-star quarterback up here. Um, would you say that um, uh, Kalen, uh, Coach DeBoer, spends more time with the quarterbacks, or did he leave that to uh, Ryan Grubb down at Fresno? Uh, at least just observing practice, Grubb seemed to handle that the majority himself uh, during the closed periods, I assume DeBoer was more active with that because he does have much more experience with the quarterbacks and coach Grubb. Um, Grubb was actually the O-line coach for the first two years. They were both here uh, when DeBoer left, Grubb got the offensive coordinator job and um, still did some O-line work, but eventually transitioned to quarterback. So uh, not quite the, um, the quarterback developer probably that DeBoer is himself, but uh, DeBoer knows more than well. If he needs to step in, he'll do that as well. And we saw it with Jake Hayner. He made a big leap from year one to year two here. And uh, uh, the, the previous time when Coach DeBoer was here, he took over uh, Marcus McMarion, who was a transfer from Oregon State, hadn't had a lot of success there and uh, won 22 games in the Mountain West Championship with him. So uh, the, the resume is, is solid, um, but we'll see what kind of the, the ratio is between DeBoer and Greb uh, moving forward or whoever else he brings in. I'll get over into some of the other coaches, but uh, here in a little bit. But uh, talk to me about the defensive side of the ball. Is he getting that involved in the defense or letting his coordinator run it? Uh, it looks like he, the Bulldogs hired him for continuity, and then it was kind of a shock. He came in and pretty much overhauled the whole defensive staff. Uh, it looked like he perhaps wanted to implement a particular scheme, which was a 4 2 5, but 
I think as far as the coaching, uh, once he hired his guys, they pretty much ran it from there. Uh, William Inge was his uh, was special teams coordinator at Indiana when DeVore was there for one season and came along with him to Fresno State. And it seems like Inge pretty much ran the defense uh, from there, but uh, did have his hand in, in just picking out the 4-2-5 defense and uh, kind of changing that side of the ball for the Bulldogs as a whole. And when you take a look, let's just go over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, how many of those coaches would you anticipate coming to Washington with him? Who would you anticipate him bringing? Uh, I would expect Ryan Grubb to be involved. I, I'm not sure if they would look for um, maybe a, a bigger hire as their offensive coordinator, but uh, Grubb would be involved in some capacity. I am certain uh, they've been at several stops together way before Fresno State. Uh, so it looks like the two of them will stay. Also interesting, uh, Grubb was the interim head coach two years ago when Tedford left and uh, they picked Lee Marks this time around, which was odd. It makes it seem like Grubb's probably going to be in Seattle sooner rather than later. Um, Marks is a part of that DeBoer Grubb family that dates back to Sioux Falls. If you look at the staff at Fresno State, a lot of the guys that DeBoer brought in were a part of Sioux Falls in the 2000s. And I would anticipate pretty much all those guys are going to follow. But on the offensive side, uh, there's not as many, but I would look for Marks. I would look for Grubb. Uh, Roman Sapolu, the offensive line coach, uh, has been with both Grubb and DeBoer now for a couple of years and has good connections. So I would probably anticipate he would make that move. And it, it seems like a very good fit for Kirby Moore to go as well. Uh, the ties aren't as deep, but obviously between his ties to Boise State and Coach Peterson, I mean, Moore's just been a, a total home run for Fresno State. I'm very surprised he's still here, to be honest. <laughs> the way he's recruited and coached, um, uh, the Bulldogs have been very lucky to have Kirby Moore for five years. Tell us a little bit about Roman Sapula. You know, I've heard some things, a great recruiter, maybe not as good of a um, uh, recruiter. Uh, tell us a little bit about, excuse me, excellent recruiter, maybe not as good of a coach. Yeah, the, the O-line was definitely the weakest part of Fresno State's offense now two or three years running, uh, which was his post for the last two years. He was kind of a secondary assistant uh, as there was an O-line coach and then he was an assistant to the O-line coaches first year. And then he was the full-term guy the last two years. And part of that's relative. I mean, Fresno State was very well stocked, more so than usual at the skills positions and at quarterback, but uh, they did take a step forward. 2020 was really bad coming off the COVID year. They had no off season. They were the last team to report to campus and FBS football uh, off of the pandemic. So they were definitely behind and they made a step forward this year. Good, but, but probably not far enough to what the Bulldogs needed to kind of get over the hump. Uh, definitely a solid recruiter. Uh, in addition to the recruits that he's pulled in, um, there's been a few other guys, a few transfers and kind of late additions that didn't pan out at other schools that um, he, he either brought in or um, didn't quite work out at the last minute. There was a chance for a few other guys with some big names to be on that Bulldog O-line that uh, would have been all Sapolu's doing. But yeah, um, the O-line definitely left some things to be desired. And Ryan Grubb led the O-line before that. And it's bizarre because uh, the first two years, everyone was at Fresno State. The O-line was made up of a bunch of JUCOs and walk-ons. There was like one three-star recruit. And that O-line turned out to be one of the most productive in Fresno State history in preventing sacks. And then when they all brought in their recruits with bigger stars and names, uh, didn't go so well since then. So 
that, that was probably the uh, the one stink of the offense uh, in terms of the last couple of seasons. Looking over the defensive side of the ball, the name that kind of jumps out is uh, a guy that was here for a while and his brother played at University of Washington. That's J.D. Williams. He's uh, Curtis Williams' brother, and he was here for a little while. But uh, you think I, I know that, you know, uh, J.D. has some pretty healthy roots in the Fresno area. Um, it seems like a logical fit for him to be at Fresno State. Is that a guy that you think might stay put or um uh, be out of a job or possibly come back up here? Yeah, I think probably the most likely scenario is that he stays, um, especially if it works out to where Jeff Tedford ends up at Fresno State, which seems to be in the cards. Uh, he originally brought Williams on his staff five years ago. Um, also, uh, the Bulldogs ran a 4-2-5 defense, and there was almost a logjam, I would say. They had a cornerbacks coach, a safeties coach, and a nickelsback coach. Uh, there was, I think it was kind of to keep everyone happy and get some good recruiting in and keep JD on staff and get uh, DeBoer's safeties coach in. So I think they could probably get by with two coaches at those positions, uh, perhaps as they move forward and um, uh, juice um, coach juice, Julius Brown and um, uh, Chuck Morrell, his safeties coach. Uh, those two guys are probably uh, higher in the pecking order for DeBoer to bring with them, I would say. Yeah, who's most – I mean, if you're a Husky fan and you're looking at that defensive side of the ball on the coaching staff, who are the uh, one or two guys that you'd be really excited to have join the staff? Yeah, um, I mean, William Inge orchestrated the, the defense as the coordinator, and he is a very entertaining man. <laughs> I, I don't know if what Coach DeBoer has planned. I know his relationship with Coach Inge isn't as long, and if you wanted to hire a different defensive coordinator, he could go that route, but – uh, Inge is a, definitely a kind of a one-of-a-kind person, and he, he was, lacks no sort of uh, entertainment with the way that he coaches and speaks with the media. Uh, also, um, you know, his defense didn't look great the first year coming off the COVID, as mentioned. It was nearly impossible to install that scheme in three or four weeks they had to get ready for the season, but made huge steps this year. And I think the biggest credit to the defense is that they didn't lose a game for the Bulldogs this year. The Fresno State went nine and three. Uh, they turned the ball over 12 times in those three losses. And pretty much the, the defense held their own in all of those games, uh, despite some of the scores there. Uh, Chuck Morrell was a very impressive to me. He was a safeties coach. Uh, he made a lot of strides with uh, Fresno State safety Evan Williams. I think he deserves a lot of credit. And um Julius Brown, who is the uh, Nichols backs coach, uh, they named that position the Husky at Fresno State, ironically. Uh, he was very good for the dogs recruiting. Um, so if he also goes along, he'll be a really good pipeline to uh, Sacramento area recruiting for uh, Washington. One of the um, big questions coming about um, when Chris Peterson took over up here, it took him about a year to adjust in uh, – you know, it's one thing to recruit against competing with Boise State, but uh, you come into Washington and butting heads with Michigan, USC, UCLA, um, you know, the big boys. He got his nose bloodied a few times, and that's going to be a big question, you know, with Kalen DeBoer about upping the um, recruiting battles. He's going to go into an arena he hasn't done before, and, and you know what it's like. I mean, you cover Cal. It's a big difference when you're recruiting a different type of athlete. How do you think that's going to go with Coach DeBoer? I think the key will be 
perhaps who he hires and some of the recruiting uh, staff. He uh, should get a much bigger um, budget to work with there than he did at Fresno State. Uh, but the first thing Coach DeBoer did, um, as far as recruiting goes, was hiring Courtney Morgan uh, in his first season in 2020. And Courtney Morgan was very, very largely responsible for uh, putting together the Mountain West's best recruiting class. And uh, when he departed after a year, he brought in um, Albert Garcia, who has also done a very good job and handled a lot of that load in the director of player personnel role. Um, so Courtney Morgan uh, moved to Michigan, his alma mater, but I know we've reported at 24-7 Sports that uh, he's interested in a position coach job perhaps. And if he landed on DeBoer staff coaching, I mean, that would be a total game changer for Washington. And I would imagine that that would be one of the options uh, for DeBoer given how much of the recruiting he handled for Fresno State. So ultimately, um, I don't know how directly DeBoer was involved in landing a lot of the guys Fresno State did, uh, even going back to his coordinator role, but he definitely knows who and how to hire to get the job done uh, and uh, deferring some of those duties to those uh, particular coaches and the support staff. Big question. Where's Jeff Tedford going to wind up? I mean, lots of, you know, talk up in the Seattle area that he was involved with Chris Peterson and Bob Stoops and, uh, you know, the, the search process and possibly even the interview process. And we all know that Chris Peterson and Jeff Tedford are pretty tight, but, you know, Tedford's got that Fresno connection. Do you actually think that Jeff Tedford will go back to coaching at Fresno State? If not, do you, could you see him as an offensive coordinator at Washington? I think I believe he wants to come back and I think most likely it would be in a head coaching position is what he would certainly prefer. Uh, he definitely had some health issues that led to his departure from Fresno state. And if there was some aspect to that, where he felt he could be a coordinator and not a coach and handle it better health wise, then I think that would be in the cards, but that's not quite what I'm hearing. And I think, you know, there was very um, uh, coincidence. I don't think it was coincidental that his name started popping up for a potential comeback when DeBoer started getting connected to this Washington job. It was, the timing was very convenient. And I do think um, Tedford would like to return to his job that he gave up two years ago. Uh, will it work out? I'm not sure. Uh, there's some things both Fresno State and Coach Tedford would have to work through to make that happen. But uh, I think that's probably the kind of the front runner scenario down here. Well, it's kind of um kind of odd that we thought anyways that a lot of talk about Ted for taking over down there and a lot of it seemed to make a natural fit and make a lot of sense but then we're told that Fresno State hired a search firm yeah I think part of it is um they have to go pretty much through a 14-day period uh, they were able to skirt that a little bit uh last time around but um only by a couple of days they, they have to follow this plan and uh, that the state rules set out and even if they had their guide day one they can't really show their cards and it's got to look like a legitimate search they've got to interview so many people and spend so much time doing it and so um, I think also you know coach Tedford got a contract here the first time around that was not sustainable for a Mountain West school he really racked up some dollars that Fresno State uh, was not going to be able to keep up so uh, Fresno State's certainly going to need to have some other options and some negotiating chips so that they don't get run into a inflated contract a second time around. What was DeBoer making? One, one, two, one, three? 
at one, 1. 1.3 with like a $50,000 increase each season. So that was definitely winded down from Tedford's, which was uh, more incentive based, but there were so many incentives. I think he left with two or 3 million after that 2018 season, which is not in Fresno State's ballpark. They did not anticipate that success to come so quickly with that contract. <laughs> you hire a coach and you don't expect them to be that successful. So you put the incentives in there and he meets them all, huh? <laughs> and they complain. Oh, well, anyways. Jackson, anything else we need to know about this situation with, you know, Fresno staff members and uh, Coach DeBoer coming up here to Seattle? Uh, I covered it pretty well. I mean, I think Washington fans have a lot to be excited about. Coach DeBoer has been successful everywhere he's been. He's pretty much left every place better than he found it. And I don't see why any reason that wouldn't be the case in Washington. He's the real deal. Um, and it'll be interesting to see maybe long-term how it works out. But I certainly think uh, in the short term, uh, Washington will be headed in the right direction with him and his staff. All right. Jackson, thanks for coming on. And uh, for those of you not familiar, you know, the, the bark board's been around a long time. Jackson does a great job down covering Fresno State and also the California site. So he's got his hands in a lot of different things. And uh, we appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you for having me.